chapter twenty of the legacy of cain this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by kathleen the legacy of cain by wilkie collins chapter twenty eunice's diary how long a time passed before my composure came back to me i cannot remember now it seemed as if i was wading through some interval of my life that was a mystery to myself i was content to wait and feel the light evening air in the garden wafting happiness over me and all this had come from a kiss i can call the time to mind when i used to wonder why people made such a fuss about kissing i had been indebted to maria for my first taste of paradise i was recalled by maria to the world that i had been accustomed to live in the world that was beginning to fade away in my memory already she had been sent to the garden in search of me and she had a word of advice to offer after noticing my face when i stepped out of the shadow of the tree try to look more like yourself miss before you let them see you at the tea-table papa and miss jillgall were sitting together talking when i opened the door they left off when they saw me and i supposed quite correctly as it turned out that i had been one of the subjects in their course of conversation my poor father seemed to be sadly anxious and out of sorts miss jillgall if i had been in the humour to enjoy it would have been more amusing than ever one of her funny little eyes persisted in winking at me and her heavy foot had something to say to my foot under the table which meant a great deal perhaps but which only succeeded in hurting me my father left us and miss jillgall explained herself i know i know dearest aonise that we have only been acquainted for a day or two and that i ought not perhaps to have expected you to confide in me so soon can i trust you not to betray me if i set an example of confidence ah i see i can trust you and my dear i do so enjoy telling secrets to a friend hush your father your excellent father has been talking to me about young mr denboyne she provokingly stopped there i entreated her to go on she invited me to sit on her knee i want to whisper she said it was too ridiculous but i did it miss jillgall's whisper told me serious news the minister has some reason aonise for disapproving of mr dunboyne but mind this i don't think he has a bad opinion of the young man himself he is going to return mr dunboyne's call oh i do so hate formality i really can't go on talking of mr dunboyne tell me his christian name ah what a noble name how i long to be useful to him to-morrow my dear after the one o'clock dinner your papa will call on philip at his hotel i hope he won't be out just at the wrong time i resolved to prevent that unlucky accident by writing to philip if miss jillgall would have allowed it i should have begun my letter at once but she had more to say and she was stronger than i was and still kept me on her knee it all looks bright enough so far doesn't it dear sister will you let me be your second sister i do so love you aonise thank you 
thank you but the gloomy side of the picture is to come next the minister no now i am your sister i must call him papa it makes me feel so young again well then papa has asked me to be your companion whenever you go out aonise is too young and too attractive to be walking about this great town in helena's absence by herself that was how he put it slyly enough if one may say so of so good a man and he used your sister didn't he as a kind of excuse i wish your sister was as nice as you are however the point is why am i to be your companion because dear child you and your young gentleman are not to make appointments and to meet each other alone oh yes that's it your father is quite willing to return philip's call he proposes as a matter of civility to mrs staveley to ask philip to dinner but mark my words he doesn't mean to let philip have you for his wife i jumped off her lap it was horrible to hear her oh i said can you be right about it miss jillgall jumped up too she has foreign ways of shrugging her shoulders and making signs with her hands on this occasion she laid both hands on the upper part of her dress just below her throat and mysteriously shook her head when my views are directed by my affections she assured me i never see wrong my bosom is my strong point she has no bosom poor soul but i understood what she meant it failed to have any soothing effect on my feelings i felt grieved and angry and puzzled all in one miss jillgall stood looking at me with her hands still on the place where her bosom was supposed to be she made my temper hotter than ever i mean to marry philip i said certainly my dear aonise but please don't be so fierce about it if my father does really object to my marriage i went on it must be because he dislikes philip there can be no other reason oh yes dear there can what is the reason then that my sweet girl is one of the things that we have got to find out the post of this morning brought a letter from my sister we were to expect her return by the next day's train this was good news philip and i might stand in need of clever helena's help and we might be sure of getting it now in writing to philip i had asked him to let me hear how papa and he had got on at the hotel i won't say how often i consulted my watch or how often i looked out of the window for a man with a letter in his hand it will be better to get on at once to the discouraging end of it when the report of the interview reached me at last twice philip had attempted to ask for my hand in marriage and twice my father had deliberately obstinately philip's own words changed the subject even this was not all as if he was determined to show that miss jillgall was perfectly right and i perfectly wrong papa civil to philip as long as he did not talk of me had asked him to dine with us and philip had accepted the invitation what were we to think of it what were we to do i wrote back to my dear love so cruelly used to tell him that helena was expected to return on the next day and that her opinion would be of the greatest value to both of us in a postscript i mentioned the hour at which we were going to the station to meet my sister when i say we i mean miss jillgall as well as myself we found him waiting for us at the railway 
i am afraid he resented papa's incomprehensible resolution not to give him a hearing he was silent and sullen i could not conceal that to see this state of feeling distressed me he showed how truly he deserved to be loved he begged my pardon and he became his own sweet self again directly i am more determined to marry him than ever when the train entered the station all the carriages were full i went one way thinking i had seen helena miss jillgall went the other way under the same impression philip was a little way behind me not seeing my sister i had just turned back when a young man jumped out of a carriage opposite philip and recognized and shook hands with him i was just near enough to hear the stranger say look at the girl in our carriage philip looked what a charming creature he said and then checked himself for fear the young lady should hear him she had just handed her travelling bag and wraps to a porter and was getting out philip politely offered his hand to help her she looked my way the charming creature of my sweetheart's admiration was to my infinite amusement helena herself End of chapter twenty